What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. This is Jenna. I am recording this episode at about 37 and 2 weeks slash days pregnant. Um, I was going to wait until the absolute last minute to do this, but like, to be honest with you, any minute these days can be the absolute last minute. So today is my day and I am going to share with you just a little bit more of my emotions and feels and just give you the the true story of my experience in pregnancy. And I just really want to start out by saying I am not an expert on pregnancy. I am not an expert on pregnancy nutrition. Um, I literally Googled what cheeses I could eat or could not eat, I should say, when I found out I was pregnant. And I have leaned on so many amazing resources on social media and through my doula specifically throughout this entire process for myself, um, to educate myself further on pregnancy nutrition, as well as pregnancy in general. Um, I also just want to state first and foremost, that I am not an expert on fertility and also want to hold space for those who are struggling to conceive right now as well. Um, I have shared a little bit about my story with trying to conceive. Um, but I don't know that I've truly shared the entire one. Um, And I just do want to put out there as a disclaimer in the beginning that this is my experience. This is what I have felt. And this is what I have experienced through this entire process. And by no means am I giving advice, just sharing. Um, And that being said, I've had quite a few people ask me, more about my own story with trying to conceive um, and my journey to becoming pregnant. And I think that I've touched on this a little bit in the fitness episode specifically, but when I was at my peak of disordered eating, I was actually diagnosed with PCOS. And so I had some of the typical symptoms like hair growth in funky places, like the one chin hair, you know that. Um, I think I've shared that on social media before, the one that just won't go away. Um, What else did I have besides the loss of period? Um, Skin, my acne was at a high peak during this time. But again, you know, this was also at the peak of my disordered eating. And then we coupled that with the fact that I, I didn't have a period for a very long time. So my practice had given me, my OBGYN practice, gave me the diagnosis of PCOS and I was never put on medication for that, but I being a dietitian and knowing about PCOS nutrition, you know, heard it at the time, again, super disordered, 
I'm ashamed and embarrassed to say that I didn't really care as much as I should. And I didn't take my health seriously because of how disordered I was at that time. Um, but that has a lot to do with my story. And so fast forward, um, I had an ultrasound that revealed that I was not ovulating. And I remember leaving that doctor's office with the doctor telling me after the tech read the report to me saying, you know, when you do want to get pregnant, it's going to be very difficult for you. You know, you're not ovulating. And there's a lot of what she had said was um, just dead eggs sitting in, you know, your ovaries. And I heard it. I was sad, but it didn't change the, what I did next at that point. And so again, this is my story. It's not something I am proud of, but it does go to show you how much your nutrition and diet culture in general play into your outcomes of your health. And so my quote unquote nutrition, my diet was heavily impacting my health. And at that moment in time, I didn't care enough to make a change. And that's really sad. Um, I think back on that and I I think that that's really, really sad. Um, I was not ready to hear it at the time. I let it in and I let it out. I'm proud to say that that's not who I am anymore. Um, And I'm proud to say that there was a moment where I then heard it (laughs) and it was time for me to work on healing. And so for about three years, I worked on healing from the inside out, healing my body, nourishing my body, resting, stress management, slowing down with fitness, um, eating in a way that was supporting my health, not just supporting my quote unquote goals that were actually hurting me. And I, I got my period back. Um, when my period was consistent for six months straight, like to the day, it was like the coolest thing ever for me. I remember crying. I was so happy. Um, my doctor actually removed my diagnosis of PCOS. So I've had a lot of people ask me about PCOS. All I know is that that diagnosis is no longer on my chart. What I know is that the work that I did to heal my diet, my nutrition, and my relationship with fitness actually changed my skin. And so that was no longer a symptom for the doctor. Um, And it gave me my period back and everything else was within normal limits. I had all of like the lab work done at the time too. So they actually didn't have enough to diagnose me. Um, So that was removed. I don't think that that's normal. I think that there's a lot of people who would say like, be confused by that. All I can tell you again is this was my experience and they actually did remove that diagnosis. Um, So again, I know that's super, super rare, but once my period returned and it was consistent and it stayed that way, they were able to do that. And so again, that shows you how detrimental diet culture can be on our bodies. And again, my goals and intentions when I was in it, when I was in that disorder had nothing to do with my health. And that's why I am so loud. And so like, almost like destructive. I feel like sometimes on social media and even on this podcast where we're talking about like weight loss and fitness goals and health are not the same thing. And it has to be made super, super clear that they're not the same thing. Um, Because my quote unquote reaching of my goals was actually impacting my health in a negative way. And so 
again, um, we'll leave that in the past because I've really gone over that before. And this is supposed to be about pregnancy. But that said, once my cycle became consistent and my husband and I decided that, you know, we were ready, which I don't know that that's actually a word that exists. But um, when it comes to having a baby, it did happen within a few months for us. Um, and right now, again, if you are struggling to conceive, please know that there are so many amazing support systems out there and people that can help. Um, what I found was addressing my relationship with food and fitness can be part of the solution. Um, and my, I'm happy to share that experience, but working with a professional and getting the support, especially the mental health support can really help you heal um, and really just help you throughout this entire process. And I just want you to know that there are resources for them, for those people out there. Okay. Moving on to the experience. And I think that there's so many different ways that I wanted to take this podcast. And I'm super proud of myself that I actually took the time to blog about each trimester when it completed because the reality is this is now I know why women have multiple children because I really struggled in trimester one and two, especially one, I should say, especially in the beginning, I remember feeling super shitty. Like I remember just being in like dark places. And right now, 37 weeks later, I really can't remember those feelings. And they say that like the trauma of birth for some people, like you just forget it once the baby's here, because that's why women do it again. Um, and now I believe it, which is just like hysterical to me because it is just, I mean, women are amazing. Like the greatest thing that my husband has said to me this entire time is like, if it was up to men, there would be no humans on this planet because he looks at me every day and he was like, he says things like, thank you for doing this, which is like so mushy and I'm sorry. Um, but I appreciate it so much because it really is a wild ride and a crazy journey. And again, I really don't even remember the first few weeks at this point, which were really hard. Um, and so to find my blog posts about <laughs> trimesters one, two, and three in totality, that is at happystronghealthyrd.com. Just search pregnancy and all three of them are there. Um, but overall, I would say that my symptoms have been relatively easy and mild to manage. Um, and I feel super, super blessed about that. However, I think I've shared many, many times that body image was a big thing for me. Um, I certainly struggled with watching the changes in the beginning. I remember feeling like changes weren't happening fast enough, or they were happening too fast, or they were happening in weird places. And I didn't understand. And especially in that first trimester, when nobody knows um, that you're pregnant, except for maybe your partner or family or a couple close people, and you just feel very isolated and you layer COVID on top of that. Um, it was a really challenging time for my mental health. Um, fortunately for me, I'm part of a mental health support group is what I would call it. We call it the healers group and they're amazing human beings. And I was able to share that, you know, in one of our meetings early on that my biggest concern for the month at the time was taking care of my mental health because I was very fearful of 
postpartum at the time, but also, which was crazy because that was so long ago, but also how my mental health was going to impact, you know, my entire pregnancy because of all of what I've struggled with body image in the past. And so if you're pregnant right now, if you have been pregnant, if you are struggling with body image in general, please know that you're not alone. And just simply sharing that has been super therapeutic for me. And it got better. Um, People ask me this all the time, like, how did it get better? I did an Instagram post on this that I've shared a couple of times on stories, but the only way it got better is the way that it gets better in any stage of life is when you stop trying to be mad at yourself or controlling the thoughts that pop up and instead see them honor them and meet them with a truth. And during pregnancy, I think it's a lot easier to meet these thoughts about negative self-talk and negative body image with a truth, because the truth is you're creating life. And the truth is your body is doing something bigger than you in this moment. And the truth is the purpose, your purpose your body is a host right now for another life and it's giving life to another being and soul and it's creating it with every choice that you make. And so meeting that negative self-talk with a truth is the best advice I can give you no matter where you are in your journey of body neutrality first body image with Brie would say, and then into body love. Um, and so that is something that I think is just super important to put out there, but I do touch on that in that blog post as well. So that said, you're here for the end. You're here for where I am now, what I'm feeling now. And here it is at about 37 ish weeks. What I'm feeling is terrified. (laughs) Um, today I tried to pack my hospital bag and I gave up because I just didn't know what I'd want to wear. And like, these are things that don't matter. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that it is this crazy out of body experience to know that you have no control over this. And so I would call myself somewhat of a control freak. And I have learned in my old age and my therapist the other week, very graciously called me out on this, um, to like to my face on FaceTime, but I'm actually like pretty much a control freak. And with that, the idea of actually not knowing when the baby will be here, but then saying like, it could be any day or it could be a whole nother month or whatever the case may be is really terrifying for me. And I think that I wake up each day and it's like, could this be the day? And the answer is yes and no. Um, this might be TMI, but you guys know everything already. At my last doctor's appointment, they told me, you know, I was a hundred percent not dilated. So the lady, the doctor said to me like, baby's probably not coming this week, but I reached out to my two cousins who have recently had babies and they were both like, well, I wasn't dilated at that time either. And you know, it could happen still. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So like, there really are no answers. Um, and I think that that is a really cool thing, but I think it's really scary. It's a great lesson in letting go of things that you can't control, really focusing on only controlling your controllables. Um, But it's like any day now, it could be the day. Every new feeling is scary to me. Every new pain is confusing to me. Every new emotion is like amplified to like the nth degree. Um, Every new 
difference in digestion, which is like super common. It's like this minor terror for me. Um, I've taken classes on it. I have a doula. I have all the things, but I just don't think, and even if you're listening to this and you're like, I can relate to this or no, I can't like every single pregnancy experience is so different. And I think that the more that we can like laugh about it and just like know how normal it is, I think that's really where the magic is found. And so one of the main things, and of course I have notes, and of course I haven't looked at my outline since I started recording this. Um, but one of the things that I really just, I wanted to say in words and not type out in a, a, uh, a blog post is really just talking about this something that I like to call the enough mindset. And so one of the things that I think I struggled with in my second trimester that I didn't really realize that I struggled with um, and something that I've certainly struggled with letting go of in this third trimester is what I call the enough mindset. And so I've touched on this with fitness and I've touched on this in with nutrition. And, you know, Sammy and I have talked about this in probably every episode to some extent extent, maybe not called it this, but this idea of have I done enough? Have I rested enough? Have I enjoyed this enough? Have I done enough to prepare? Am I moving enough? Am I eating enough? Am I drinking enough water? Am I appreciating enough? Am I preparing enough? I think I've already said that, you know, all of these things mirror that same mindset and tone with diet culture. And diet culture teaches us that we are never enough, right? And that's learned. It's learned behavior that when you have, and I talked about this again, it's easy for me to relate this to fitness. So I'm going to, that when you do 10 push-ups it's not enough. Now it's time for 12. And when you do 12, it's time for 15 or whatever the case may be, it's never enough. And that mindset, I think for me personally has transferred over into this journey. And I, because of, I think a lot of the healing and therapy that I've done this time around was able to hear myself and in those thoughts. And again, meeting it with a, Ooh, curiosity mindset of, Ooh, where is this coming from? And Ooh, what is that? Instead of being angry that I was not enjoying moments or whatever the case may be, being able in that second trimester to hear myself saying like, I should be, I could be, I would be X, Y, and Z, I think has given me the opportunity to be super reflective in this third trimester and really slow down in a way where I recognize that everything I'm doing is enough. And that took a lot for me to say. It takes a lot for me to say out loud. Um, but I think that for any first time moms listening to this, if you're early in your pregnancy, if you're later in your pregnancy, if you know, you're trying to conceive whatever, wherever you are, the best advice I can give you is whatever you're doing, it is enough. Um, what I learned at about 30 weeks or kind of just like hit me and I cried for many, many hours over this. Um, but what I learned at that moment was this is the first, the only time, the last time, and the only time that I will ever be pregnant with my first baby. And 
I will never have this opportunity to take these naps without another baby if I get pregnant again, or to have this alone time with just me and baby without any really distractions, or to be going through this process at this moment in my life, it will never happen again. And I can really relate that to the way that I talk to clients about holidays and vacations and moments where it's like, yeah, I will be pregnant again, hopefully, maybe one day, but I'll never be pregnant with this pregnancy again. And again, like let's talk about diet culture and, you know, this food freedom intuitive eating journey. Yeah. Hopefully you get another Christmas, right? But you'll never have this Christmas again or this birthday again with these people and these moments and these memories. And what I've learned through my whole journey and what I continue to learn that I want to share with you is that every single one of these events in your life is magical, it's beautiful, and it's unique. And if we can stop this enough mindset and instead say, find the beauty in each experience, each day, each struggle, each you know fail, if you want to call it, and each win, we end up with this beautiful, magical journey of beautiful experiences instead of these what ifs, it wasn't enough, should haves, could haves, would haves mindset that keep us stuck. So that's like the mainest of main takeaways that I really hope if you're like, I'm done with this podcast after this second, I hope you heard that because it's really the biggest thing that I wanted to get across because the emotions that I feel, I I firmly believe many of us um, that have gone through pregnancy have felt the exact same thing, Um, maybe didn't have a platform to talk about it. And for that, I am so grateful that I do have this Um, or maybe just never thought that what they were feeling was significant. And I want you to know that everything that you're feeling, um, I've probably felt it. And all of the things that seem to be so important in those moments and, you know, I remember a time where I ate something that wasn't pasteurized and I freaked the fuck out. And I remember sitting in my car at like 11 weeks pregnant after I'd put a chemical sunscreen on my face and didn't realize that I couldn't do that and having the biggest meltdown of all fucking times because I read a blog that said that's the worst thing that I could possibly do and I was basically hyperventilating um and realizing like you know how much more harmful the stress and the hyperventilation I was doing with putting on my baby than the chemical sunscreen that I could wash off my face like it is just, there's just a lot to learn, right? And I think that looking back on it, it's traumatic for sure, but it, it it's, they're just lessons and they're lessons that as we go through life, the more that we can share them with people, um, the more they can help more people. I think the, there's so much beauty in them. And that's always my intention is let Sammy and I say this all the time, like let's share our fuck ups so that we can help other people. And so that's something that I feel really, really has been, um, just an incredible learning experience for me is looking back to all of the things that seemed so important and so insane and just how insignificant they really are. Um, 
that being said, I, I don't know if any pregnant moms or any moms in general can relate to this, but I've developed some really crazy anxieties in pregnancy that I've never had before. Um, we moved and we were selling a house, um, our previous house, the sale, you know, it was supposed to go through on whatever date it got pushed back, pushed back, pushed back on the day we were supposed to close the, there was an issue and the seller, um, couldn't close essentially. And so we had to put the house back on the market and that stress was like the biggest stress in the world. And that the anxieties of the inspection from that, um, experience for me have like caused these like crazy anxieties for me with every like HVAC system. And every time I hear a sound in the house, like I I think the worst, um, and I've been doing some reading that, you know, in pregnancy, things that you can't control, you freak out about. Um, and so those are things that really hit me another weird one. And I don't know if anyone can relate to this. And this is, again, it's crazy how intuitive our bodies are. Um, but this is another control one that I don't like being a passenger in the car because I'm not in control. Right. But like during my pregnancy experience, we had, I had to get a new car because my, the hood of my car was smoking one day and many flat tires later, which were all my fault, but still, um, I had this like weird fear and trauma about being in a car. (laughs) And I know that that's not good either, but again, it all comes back to this experience of, you know, learning to only control your controllables and letting go of things that you can't control. And I think that that's taught me so much. And when you really think about that, how it relates to pregnancy, it's really, really setting me up to, to practice that in the next phase, which is becoming a mom. Um, because I'm sure those anxieties grow. (laughs) I'm sure of that. What else can I share with you guys about what has been crazy that I have not shared yet? Um, I get a lot of questions about fitness. What I will say is that in the beginning, I was absolutely terrified to do anything. Um, I remember texting my trainer who was leading group classes, um, when I was like eight weeks pregnant being like, Hey, if you don't see me on the screen, it's because like, I just found out I'm pregnant, like super scared to work out, but like want to still show up, whatever it was. Um, but I'm going to modify and like, don't want to draw attention to myself. And, you know, looking back now, like at that point in time, you know, there's really not too many restrictions. Um, depending on your fitness level. And please always consult with a professional before taking on any fitness while pregnant. Um, but I like laugh about that now. Like I was so scared to do everything and anything, but at that point in time, you know, I, I was okay. And I didn't need to tell her that, um, the best advice I could give when it comes to fitness is listen to your body invest in a professional. I talk about her all the time and she was on this podcast as well, but doc Brit fit was so instrumental in helping me feel safe. Um, the program that I did with her, I used her workouts to know what exercises were safe for pregnancy. Um, and that was so helpful for me. And then I started taking classes on 
um, Peloton. And if the instructor was doing something that I wasn't sure was safe, um, I would insert any of the things that I learned from her, which was super, super helpful. There's prenatal classes now on Peloton, which are awesome. In addition to Obey Fitness has um, prenatal classes as well, which have been really fun. And I've done quite a few of them as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you need to do what feels good to you. You need to move in a way that feels good to you. My doctor has specifically told me that walking is the best thing that I can do. And I have Quincy who is sleeping right next to me right now, who has really appreciated that advice and recommendation. And it has been a really great experience for both of us. Great for fresh air, great for slowing down, great for training um, for the big event, which I call birth. And I've shared this quite a few times, but again, um, right now for me, fitness is about my endurance and about my strength for this big life event that's about to happen that I have no control over. In addition to no idea what to expect. Um, I've heard stories, but I don't think any of those stories will prepare me for mine. And so I've chosen really not to listen to too many of them because I'll be prepared in whatever way I can be when I get there. Um, and so that's really been my motivation for staying active. And I've been fortunate enough to feel good, but at the same time, also taking so much rest and really honoring my body when I need to slow down and when I need to rest. And I think that that is super important. The other advice that I can give about nutrition, because I am a dietitian and this is a nutrition podcast, is that you need to eat. Um, I think that a lot of women, have said to myself and Sam when we've had this conversation that their relationship with food was the best it's ever been while they were pregnant. And my challenge out there to women listening is that carry that through post-pregnancy. Um, or if you are postpartum already, remember why it was so important to you to fuel your body during pregnancy. And remember that it's the same body that needs to be fueled now. Um, I have no idea how I'm going to feel postpartum and I'm sure you'll hear about it when I'm there, but I can guarantee you my first, and I feel so confident in this and it feels so amazing to say this. My first priority is not going to be getting my fucking body back to pre-pregnancy. And I want this to be heard that it never will be. I will never have that same body because this body now is doing something that body never did. And like, that's what I need women to hear and know is that your relationship with food during pregnancy is strong because you don't have any other choice, right? There's not a lot of choices sometimes when you're feeling super nauseous to choose what you want to eat. It's what do I need? Um, I shared recently that protein has been really difficult for me, like, especially by nighttime, the idea of eating something like chicken is like that. Um, and so for me, I'm continuing to stack my protein and, you know, the foods that I'm struggling to eat later on in the day, I'm stacking it in the morning. I'm taking care of that in the morning. I'm checking those boxes when it feels good to me. And I'm not pushing things that don't feel good on my body. And that sometimes is vegetables and that's okay. And so I'm getting off on like 15 tangents here, but you know, to pull this all together, Right now, and what I've heard from many, many women is right now, the priority is the life inside you. And I want you to know that that is huge and it's so important, but the priority needs to be you and the life inside you. And when the baby is out and God willing, everything is okay, 
the priority still needs to be you and the baby outside of you because taking care of you is taking care of your baby and taking care of your relationship with food and fostering that relationship with food and continuing to listen when your body's like, Hey, we need protein or Hey, we need vegetables or Hey, I want this cookie, whatever the case may be listening and hearing that doesn't change postpartum. Um, and I've seen it. I actually went crazy on a TikTok yesterday because this woman was selling some sort of supplement and how she got her post, how she got her, um, her body back after baby. And I made a statement by reacting to the video. Um, that's disgusting. That is not, not where our minds need to be and fighting diet culture and being aware that, you know, people might, beach body coaches and all these things. I've heard all of these horror stories come at you. Like the moment you give birth, like, please give them the fuck you button. Please shut them down. Please know that that is not your priority after baby. And please know that your body has just done like the hardest work of all. And it's a beautiful body and it deserves to be fed and fueled and energized. So that's that. But during pregnancy, um, Sam's going to listen to this and be like, um, so you talked really fast. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. Uh, but I definitely can hear myself going a little cray right now. So we're going to reel it in here, but recommendations for nutrition during pregnancy is eating enough to fuel you and your baby and to support all the growth and change that's going on inside your body, the needs are different for everyone. And what I can honestly tell you is when you listen to what your body is saying, you will know exactly what to do. Um, the other thing that's super, super key is hydration, which I think we all know is important all the time. But during pregnancy, basically what I've learned in the classes that I've taken and the work that I've done is that any weird pain that you're feeling, Braxton Hicks contractions, um, any anxieties, stress, things like that, the first step that the health professionals will ask you is, are you drinking enough water? And are you resting enough? And so those two things go hand in hand. I also know and understand that people that do not work from home full time, like I am very blessed to say that I do, you know, being in an office and stress in those ways and preparing to bring enough water and snacks and all of those things can add an extra layer of stress. Um, my best recommendation is to have maybe extra bottles of water in the car. If you are in your car, snack pouches with you, wherever you go, things that you know, are your go-tos just to have them available so that you are constantly able to provide your yourself with what you need. Um, that's a big one for sure. And to really like wrap this up, I think it's always fun to kind of share like the cravings aspect. I think it's really funny that for me towards the end here, I really haven't had like a ton of cravings. It's been more of this, like, I have to have this food, whatever it is now in this moment. And then when I have it, it's always like, eh, that's not really what I want. <laughs> which I think is another symptom of pregnancy is like this indecisiveness. Um, and then typically what will happen after that is I'll cry because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And knowing me, I've stockpiled it because when I wanted it, I ordered it on Amazon and like 
I think I have 12 different brands of honey graham crackers in my basement because I was trying to figure out which one I liked the best. Um, I also have about 15 boxes of Swiss chocolate, which has lived up to every single standard, but like, I definitely don't need that much hot chocolate. Um, that's definitely one that I, when I want it, like I needed it. And when I wanted a certain flavor, I ordered 15 of them and now they're here. So anyone wants to come over for some hot chocolate, I got you. Um, that being said, I think the rest of the things that have been like super staples for me is melted cheese on bread, melted cheese on wraps, um, cheese sticks and apples, only honey crisp apples, apple cider, graham crackers and peanut butter with chocolate chips. The other day, the human body is an incredible thing. The other day I was craving dates um, and I ordered them on my Instacart order and come to find out my cousin told me that at this stage in pregnancy, um, that if you, she had read an article that eating dates like can help soften your cervix. And I think that's so crazy. I haven't craved a date in so long, but now I have like three boxes of them and eating them every day. Um, but the other thing that I want to end this podcast with is I'm going to read to you guys my, my, post on Instagram that I posted a couple weeks ago, um, about my current emotions because they stand really true. Still, I'm going to add one in there is that the lack of control is something that does cause me a lot of anxiety and stress. Um, and I'm working really hard to slow that down. And the ways that I'm slowing that down is by being super grateful for the moments that I have finding the happiness and the moments that are bringing me the most joy, um, journaling, not really any more meditation. I was doing that more in the beginning. Um, I've definitely fallen off that, but really starting my day with my gratitudes, journaling, and just staying connected. Another thing that I learned a ton is, you know, you don't know this journey until you go through it. And I actually wrote handwritten cards to my friends, um, especially my college friends who have children because, and I apologize for what I, for being a shitty friend, because, you know, the reality is, is that what they say is like, it takes a village. Like it does. And women need to support each other during this process. And if you haven't been through it yet, you shouldn't be expected to understand or know, but if you are listening to this and you have a pregnant friend, just reach out and say like, how you doing or thinking of you, how you feeling, whatever it is, because it's hard. <laughs> it's hard work. And I know we're all fighting different battles and I know we all have different experiences. And I know that maybe that sounds selfish. Um, but what I have learned is that I wish that I could go back in time and have just checked in on those friends a little bit more during their times. So I said, my first friend that got pregnant, I said to her the other day, like, I feel like I was like 12. Um, I wasn't, I was like 24 when <laughs> she was pregnant for the first time, but I couldn't imagine like what she must've been going through. And I feel badly that I wasn't there more. Um, she's the best and the best mom ever. And it's going to teach me so much, but if you're listening to this, you know who you are and I love you, but it is, it's just a very crazy experience. And it's something that has taught me specifically during COVID just so much about human connection and how powerful that is. And, you know, I think any friend in our lives, we should be super grateful for and any way that you can show the people that you love that they're important to you is important. So anyways, wrapping this up here, my current emotions is I can't believe that this is now the end. When you guys hear this, I think it'll be February and hopefully everything will have gone well. 
Um, and we'll have different updates for you, but I can't believe that this is it. Um, my intentions for the last couple of weeks are to stay present, to enjoy, to slow down, to rest, to continue to stay connected as much as I can, but prioritize me, um, which as women is, I think sometimes really hard, but that's a boundary that I am planning to set for these last couple of weeks, however many I get. Um, I, in my post, asked myself, have I enjoyed this pregnancy enough? And am I being present enough? And I think that I just answered that. And I'm going to change my answer and say yes, because I have. And I'm really proud of myself for that in this moment right now. I, when I wrote this post, um, that wasn't the case. Um, the other thing that I think is pretty crazy is, you know, current emotion. Am I not? I am not ready to not be pregnant, but I'm also really ready to meet this baby. And what I think is pretty crazy about pregnancy, and this is something that parallels the intuitive eating journey as well, is the ability to hold space for two different competing emotions at the same time. You can want to change your body and also want food freedom. And we're here to tell you that that's normal. And in pregnancy, you can want to meet your baby, but not be ready to not be pregnant anymore. And that's something that I've learned too. Um, and it's been challenging for me because it's like, I'm so excited for this next stage and I am so terrified and I have no idea what's to come. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've enjoyed pregnancy so much and it scares me to not be pregnant to some extent. Um, I was joking around with my husband that like, he's so nice to me while I'm pregnant. Like I'm not ready for this to not be the case. I'm just kidding. He's always nice to me. Um, but there's like this extra level of, you know, just something different. And I don't know that I'm ready for it, but what pregnancy has taught me and what intuitive eating and food freedom journey has taught me is that there is ability to hold space for two different competing emotions at the same time. And instead of trying to fight that in your mind, really allow that to be there and to hold space for both and get curious about where it's coming from, I think is the absolute key. Um, Next up, am I ready to be a mom? And I guess that answer is probably yes and no. Uh, the other layer of that is I legitimately had a meltdown last night. No, yesterday morning I woke up and the first thing out of my mouth to my husband was I've never changed a diaper before. And that terrifies me. And when I saw my cousin yesterday, she's like, do you want to practice on this doll? <laughs> And like, the reality is, is that I'm sure I'll learn a lot of these things in the hospital because that's what they do there. Um, but it's crazy. Like, am I ready to be a mom? No. But do I know that I can do it? Yes. And I think that that, again, parallels the intuitive eating journey is like, am I ready to give up my diet rules when you're first starting out this journey? No, you're probably not. But do you really want to? And do you know you're going to be amazing at it once you do? Fuck yes. And so again, these two things like just mirror each other. And it's been so powerful to have, you know, gone through my own intuitive eating and food freedom journey prior to this pregnancy. Not that that is required, but it has been really helpful for me to be able to see these things so differently and so clearly now. Um, I am so grateful for my body doing this work. I'm so grateful for my family and support. I'm so grateful for Sam. Sam, when you listen to this, you are one of the first people to know that I was pregnant because I was so moody and so nasty. And I think I had like a hissy fit one day and you were the brunt of it. And for that, I am so sorry. And I love you so much. 
much. Um, but she has been the friend that checks in and is there and, you know, has just been such a huge support system for me during this time. And I'm eternally grateful for you. I love you so much. Um, but my family and everybody in my life, I'm so grateful for, um, especially for dealing with my meltdowns. I think my dad is the one that said it best where he said, your highs are really high and your lows are really low. And I was like, I know, <laughs> but it's true. And if you're feeling that way, you are not alone. Um, and what I am most grateful for is what this entire experience has taught me. And it's taught me so much about myself and my own strengths. Um, and if you can relate to this, that's amazing. And if you can't, you know, I challenge you to look back and to be proud of yourself for what you have done, because it's a pretty amazing thing. Um, I think that, and I also shared this as well, but my, I've always been known in my family as the before crier. Um, my cousin is the after crier. We're the same age and I'm the before crier. Like, and this started when we were getting our ears pierced that um, I cried on my way to the ear piercing place. And she was like holding my hand, like, we got this. It's okay. Um, and I was like super nervous that it was going to hurt so bad. And then when they did it, I didn't even feel it. And I was fine afterwards. And she got on the chair and she was like so brave and they did it to her. And she cried afterwards because it hurt so much. And so I have really kept that up my entire life. Um, but what I've learned in my old age is that causes anxiety twice. It causes anxiety leading up to the event and at the event, and that's not worth it anymore. And so for me, it's been therapeutic to share this. I am nervous and anxious about the event, but I'm also really prepared. I'm going to stay hydrated. I'm going to stay nourished. I'm going to continue to move my body in a way that feels good. And I know that I have my, my strength for this. And like Jess Sims says on Peloton, we can do hard things and I can do hard things. I think Glennon Doyle says that too. And I'm ready to do this hard thing. And it feels really fucking good to say that out loud. Um, I do also hate needles. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that. And <laughs> the epidural needle freaks me the fuck out, but I'm here for it because I know that I want it. Um, but again, I hope that my intention behind sharing this all with you is to make you laugh. I hope it made you laugh at least once to let you know that you're not alone um, in anything that you're feeling and to also allow you to have some space to, to ask for help. Um, the biggest lesson that pregnancy has taught me is that I can't do everything on my own. And even if I could, I shouldn't because the energy that it takes to do things by yourself without asking for help is too much. Um, and there are people in this world that want to help you, that can help you and that are able to, to know when you need it and to provide that support. And you need to lean on those people, hold them really close, tell them that you need help. There is nothing wrong with asking for help. Um, and that has been a huge lesson for very stubborn Jenna during this time. And, you know, if you are listening to this and you have provided help for me during these 37 weeks, I love you so much. And knowing that I'm going to need help afterwards too, is something that will be difficult for me, but I'm, I'm prepared to ask for it because I know that I'll need it. Um, and yeah, now I'm going to go maybe finish packing my hospital bag. Probably not if I'm being honest, continue to think about things that I want to put in my freezer because I'm going to have lots of frozen foods in there. That is my plan. Um, my preference, I should say, because plans fail. Um, and I'm going to go rest because it's Sunday and I think that's important. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you have any feedback, comments, advice, questions, anything at all, please share. As always, if you have enjoyed this podcast, we so appreciate if you would leave a review, if you would like, if you would share, if you would tell a friend about it, um, tell us about it, whatever the case may be. We're just so grateful that you're here. Thank you for listening. Um, I love you and I'll see you soon. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for a lot more fun.